Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. The verse I've chosen this morning is Romans 15, 13, which says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And the reason that I've chosen that verse is because it speaks to me of the struggle between my flesh and my spirit. We all have hopes, um, many of them filled, many of them unfulfilled, but this hope is the hope of the glory of Jesus and of eternal salvation. Same with joy and peace. Um, We have many joys, little ones and big ones throughout our life and moments of peace. Some of us get more moments than others. But these are fleeting because they're based on life and our circumstances. What we're talking about here is the joy and the peace that passes all understanding that's available to us in every circumstance, even the worst, even unto the shadow of the valley of death. And and that's available as we trust in him. And I have a bit of a tricky problem with trust sometimes. I'll say, I trust you, Lord and then find myself sitting in the director's chair giving him directions on how I'd like things to be uh, achieved. But it's only when I realise that I am absolutely hopeless without him that, and, and I put my trust in him, that that joy and that peace and that hope are available to me. And not only available to me, not just so that I'm filled, but so that I'm filled to overflowing. Um, and of course, none of this is available in my own strength. All of it's only available in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the other part I like about the verse is that the presence of the Trinity. We've got God, the Father of hope, Jesus, the object of our hope, and the Spirit, the power of our hope. So may I offer to you this morning Paul's prayer. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Good morning, church. If you were in my house the last week, the television's been on constantly and it's been focusing on what's happening in England. My dad um, passed away a few weeks ago and it was his funeral Thursday of last week. And the following day, Annette came out of the bathroom crying and I said, it's okay, he was 92. And she said, no, no, the Queen's died. <laughs> I said, oh, she must have just been hanging on for dad then. But, uh... <laughs> And I knew what was coming because Annette loves the royal family, as do I. Um, I really admire the Queen. Those Christmas messages, she gives them Jesus every time. But I knew what was coming because I'd lived through a week of mourning over Olivia Newton-John passing away. And so I knew this was going to be bigger. And thank God they didn't die on the same day because Annette would be in a corner with a little elastic band going snap, snap, snap. But... um, the selfless service of the Queen and the, the morning that she's gone, but there's a new time coming. And I feel like that with Romans. It's been awesome going through the series and being reminded of certain things, learning new things. Uh, it's come to an end and there's exciting stuff happening after that. We will get to see the Queen again one day and we will come back to Romans again one day, which is <laughs> 
we're in that wonderful practical section at the back of Romans 15 and 16. Let's have a look at 1, one and 2, verses 1 and 2. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Isn't it nice that you can sort of say to someone, I'm going to give in to you because I'm, I'm the stronger person. No. <laughs> with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbour for their good to build them up not to please ourselves which is hard for me I think it's the human condition you look after yourself you live in this body and in, in this brain but for me in 1982 moving pictures brought out that song what about me and I got it and I played it and I was bopping about the house what about me it isn't fair I've had enough now I want my share you know it and strangely enough it was their number one hit, their only number one hit off their first album. And Countdown at the end of the year said, this is Australia's song for 1982. So it seemed it was the anthem, what about me? Because it's about me, really, when it comes down to it. But the Bible doesn't say that. Incidentally, 2014 was named the year of the selfie. And the selfie, of course, is when you've got your phone out. It's a selfie if the person taking the picture is holding the phone and they're in it. They're front and centre in the middle of it. Which is, you know, it's got all sorts of funny connotations, I know. But what I found was interesting is 2015, they worked out that more people died taking selfies <laughs> than were a, died of shark attack. And they said the reason was simply this, if I wanted to take a photo of my community, it's sort of, okay, everyone get in together, and, and there we go, snap, that's fine. As soon as it becomes a selfie, all right, everyone, get in together. How's that? Just, just, crowd, in a, just crowd in a little. But isn't it funny? That when you make yourself, make it about, I want to be front and centre in this. They're all in it, but I'm front and centre. You lose your balance, which is how most of them came to grief. You, you want to be right in the middle of the picture, but you actually lose a sense of where you are in the midst of it all. Just something to, to think about. And Jesus says, you know, um, put first the kingdom of God. All these things will be given to you. Isn't it wonderful that when we put God first, he puts us first. We don't need to worry about that stuff. You know, if we say, well, tell you what, um, I, I don't believe in all that stuff. Even if I've got to go in the fiery furnace, he's there in the furnace. Bam. We make it about God. He makes it about us. We put him first. He'll be there for us. And then in verse 3. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen to me. God came to earth to serve, to teach, to heal. Isn't it amazing that he healed lame people knowing that those legs would walk away from him? Or the mute knowing that those tongues would blaspheme him one day. He didn't sort of categorize. He was just there to serve. You people getting this line, you people getting that line. No. He just served, sometimes right into the night till he was absolutely exhausted. At the Last Supper, 
knowing what was happening, knowing that he's, he said, my soul is overwhelmed, he washed the disciples' feet. He was a servant then. Now, I had a knee reconstruction, and Ros has been through that, through Mark, and so has my wife. And because it was part of insurance, they, this fellow knocked on the door after my operation, and he said, I've got the game-ready pack for you. And I said, what's a game-ready pack? And he said, well, we, you wrap this thing around your leg, and it's on an electric motor, you plug it in, and it pressurizes your leg, and it pumps ice water around the wound so you heal quicker. And it was obviously for NRL players, not for me, but um, that was there. And so we were pressurizing, and I said to Annette, I'll hold it on, you pressurize. Little more, little more, little more. I'm not feeling it. More, more, more. That's enough! Turn it off! Turn it off! Kick the plug out of the wall! That's enough! <laughs> but when you're not well, when you're in pain, it's so consuming, you don't think about anything outside yourself. And then when it was working, I was cold, and I said, can you go and get the blanket, please? Not that one. That's the itchy blanket. <laughs> it really became about me for a few months there. I'm sure Mark wasn't the same. Far more spiritual than me. But I considered Jesus on the cross. What agony he was in, far more than I was. And... He looks around, he sees his mother, and he sees John, and he says, Mother, there is your son, and son, there is your mother. He lined his mother up with a, a new son to look after her, to take care of her. And then the th thieves on either side of him, one's having a go at him, and the other one says, Hey, we deserve what we're getting. He doesn't deserve, he hasn't done anything wrong. And so he says, Okay, I'm going to spend a bit of time speaking into that person's life. I'm going to give him some hope for the future. I'm not going to point like I'm doing now because I'm nailed to a cross. So I'm just going to, you. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Just wanted to encourage you, give you a bit of hope. Isn't that unbelievable? And then he looks down at the people that crucify him, that are mocking him. And I've got to be honest, if that was me, I probably wouldn't have the same response. God, smack them off the face of the earth. And where are my disciples? Why aren't they here? I will find you. You're going to Capernaum? I know Capernaum. Going to hide behind a big wooden door? I'm a carpenter. I can get through any door you've got. If you're, this is your first time in church today, I'm not on the pastoral care team. <laughs> Jesus looked at them and he said, God, forgive them. They don't know what they, they're doing. How can you even do that? What grace and mercy in the midst of agony. Oh, dear me. Paul is saying here, this harkens back to the old, what would Jesus do? The old wristbands, which I'm assured by the owner of Kurong, I think he's, is it still Joel? It was the manager there. He said, that's the thing that's most stolen wrong what would Jesus do probably not steal the what would Jesus do band but it's a good filter to think through when you're thinking of others and not yourself what about my personal rights Jesus on the cross what about my personal rights it's the son of God I'm going to take offense with you because it's affecting me my personal rights let's look at verse 4 
This is so important. For everything that was written in the past, and this is Paul talking, so what's he talking about? He's talking about the Old Testament. The Old Testament? Angry God? Goes to a tune, rebadges himself as Jesus, comes back in the New Testament. Old Testament is so important. For everything that was written in the past, in the Old Testament, was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. So if you want to be taught, if you want endurance, if you want to be encouraged and have hope, you need to go back and read through the Old Testament. Really, really important. And that's why we need Bible plans. You, every now and again, you need to do the read through the Bible in a year because you miss bits. And you read through it and you go, I'd forgotten that. I didn't even, don't even remember reading that. Read through the Bible three times ten years ago, but wow. And you'll miss out on so much if you don't just sit there and go through from one end to the other. One of the lessons that I get from the Old Testament is God is so patient so patient he's patient with you I know that because he's patient with me I know that because I'm not dead he's puts up with all the things that I do wrong the wrong things I say the wrong things I do and every time he asks me to sometimes when he asks me to step up to the mark I don't do it he's the same God so much grace and mercy in the Old Testament as well Verses 5 to 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ had. So that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had. I'm meant to do that what would Jesus do thing in my thinking and in my acting with everybody. It is so humbling to consider what Christ has gone through for me, considering how much I've let him done, down. Maybe it's not too much for me to look past somebody's scruples and, and sensitivities. When you look at the television, which is apparently only about Britain at the moment, and you see the reporters interviewing people that have waited in line for so many hours and they've come through and they've paid their respects to the Queen and they say why did you wait for hours in line this woman has served me so selflessly so faithfully for over 70 years what seven hours in line considering what Christ has done I can do that little bit considering what the Queen has done they're waiting for hours in line I cannot imagine saying to Telstra, I'm sorry you've been on the line for seven hours waiting for me. It's all right, considering all the things you've done for me in the past few years. Not quite the same thing. Can I tell you one prickly issue I have? Vulnerable moment. David Beckham. I, I, I don't know why I haven't connected with David Beckham over the years. I've reached out many times. <laughs> Is it something about if you marry a Spice Girl and then you bring out your own cologne? I just think, you're just so full of yourself. I don't want anything to do with you. But David Beckham, Annette said to me, she's filling me in on all the details in case I fall asleep. 
I go to turn the television off at night. She says, no, England's just waking up. This is when the new news comes in. We've got to keep watching. David Beckham went and paid his respects to the Queen. And I kind of thought, so, so what? Probably trying to get himself on, on, you know, he just got to step in line. He's got an OBE, Order of the British Empire, for after being the uh, England captain 2003. And she said, no. He got in line at 2 a.m. with everyone else. He didn't have to. He waited seven hours to see the Queen. Wiped a tear from his eye. And somebody asked him later on, why did you wait in line? And he said, because that's part of it. I wanted to be there. I wanted to have the conversations with other people who were mourning. I wanted to be there and share the same food as it came past on the charity trolleys and things. That was part of my respect to the Queen. So, you know, I'm thinking of reconnecting. <laughs> but that was me. I had this funky idea in my, myself. Maybe I need to be a bit more mature and a bit more loving. We can always do a bit more for that, of that. Oh. I, I had a mate in a church in Grafton, and he said to me, I've been here 20 years. I used to hate this church. Everybody turned up with a bad attitude. It was really bad. And I said, you've been here 20 years. What did you do? And he said, oh, I don't know. One, one Sunday I turned up and I decided to leave my bad attitude at home. And everybody else did too. And since then it's been great. It's amazing when you put your personal things aside. Isn't it? Did I finish that one? I did. Verse 14. Powerful verse. Uh, this is probably the most a powerful verse from the Bible, particularly from Romans, a great message for our church. And Paul kicks off in his usual style. I myself am convinced. I know, I have no doubt, I've weighed it all up. I am absolutely assured that my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another to advise one another, to counsel one another, to disciple one another. And there are many people out there in this church and without who believe that every gift that operates in the kingdom of God is present in every Bible-believing local church. So I thought I'd just check it out. Hey, Siri. Yeah. I'm hungry. Possibility I see is Hungry Jackson, Metcalf Street, and Waters Bay. Do you want that one? Now, that's Siri. Put your hand up if you can help me with any of these issues. Hey, church, I'm hungry. Okay, I'm glad a few hands went up then. Hey, church, <laughs> I'm having trouble with my marriage. Hey church, I'm having trouble with my finances. Hey church, I'm not well. This is the legacy of this church over these years. This is the legacy that the Zairs are leaving us. It's a fully functional body. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we use Hey Siri, but our default was Hey Church. Hey Church. Sometimes you don't want to impose, but people want to help. Hmm. Competent. Competent. On to chapter 16. 
Pastor John. Where are you, Pastor John? He's going to hate me after this. Pastor John's going to read some scripture out. I just want you to listen to the names. Let them wash over you. He has done me a great favour here. Uh, okay, it's, it's um, Romans chapter 16, 1 to 15. And it's got some Greek names in there. I know a little Greek. He owns the fish and chip shop at Barnsley. Now, but anyway. Pastor John's going to go quick. And that's okay. And just say alphabet right. spaghetti if you get stuck. Go. Quick. All right. You said go slow. Anyway. I commend you to you, our sisters Phoebe, a servant of the church of Sencrea, that you, that you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy worthy of the saints and help her in whatever she may need from you for she has been a patron of many and of myself as well greet Prisca and Aquila my fellow workers in Christ Jesus who risk their necks for my life to whom not only I give thanks but all the churches of the Gentiles give thanks as well greet also the church in their house greet my beloved uh, Alphabeticus, who was, who was first convert to Christ in Asia. Greet Mary, who has worked hard for you. Greet Andronicus and Junia, my kinsmen, my fellow prisoners. They are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. Greet Amphilitus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet, greet Urbanus, who, our fellow worker in Christ, and my beloved Stasius, <laughs> greet Apelius, who is approved in Christ. Greet those who belong to the family of Aristobulus. Greet my kinsman Herodian. Greet those in the Lord who belong to the family of Narcissus. <laughs> Narcissus? That's not... That's not. <laughs> greet those workers in the Lord and Tryphenia and Tryphosus. Greet the beloved Persis, who has worked hard in the Lord. Greet Rufus, chosen and Lord, also his mother, who has been a mother to me as well. Greet Astronictus, Philagon, Hermas, Petrobus, Hermas, and the brothers who are there with them. Greet Philogus, Julia, Nurse, Nervus, and his sisters, and Olympus, and all the saints who are with them. You want the next one? That's, that's fine. Oh, Thank you, Pastor John. That was awesome. <laughs> I just didn't want to read it. <laughs> the, the names aren't important. I want to get across the eye. I'm not going to speak to any one of them or what they did, but the absolute volume. Because when I read through, that one word comes through very clearly to me, and that is team. There is this shift in my thinking from Paul. What an apostle. What an evangelist. What an orator. Obviously, what a great writer, to Gee, Paul had a great team behind him. How was he able to support so many communities? Team. How was he able to take the gospel as far as we know could have gone all the way to Spain? Team. What was the key to his success? Team. And that's the model that we're moving to. And although I'm going to miss the royal family <laughs> and I'm going to miss Queen Roz and one day I'm going to have to go past and thank her for all her years of service I'll just stab a bit of David Beckham behind my ear as I'm, as I'm going past. I'm so looking forward to team, to seeing what they can do. Paul was absolutely awesome as the head of the church, but in the end, at the end, they took his head off.
and the team continued. So it was the team that endured. Verses 25, 27. Now to him who is able to establish you. Now unto him who is able to keep. When I hear that word able, to me it means power. Able, God's ability to affect a change, to make things happen. I'm just going to leave it there. God's ability to establish you according with his gospel. So our three points. It's not about you. It's not about moving pictures. What would Jesus do? What is his thinking? What is his actions in the particular situations that you might find yourself in with your brothers and sisters? This church is competent to instruct. This is your first port of call. This is your first Hey Siri. And remember, Paul wasn't an individual. He was a team. Team is so powerful. We need to be part of a team. This is a quote um, from Skip Herzig. In summarizing the book of Romans, he says this. The book of Romans, which, which was part of the wrath of God, the grace of God, the plan of God, the will of God. But the book ends, the beginning and the end, are the power of God. Chapter 116. I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation. And then we finished in chapter 16. Now to him who is able to establish you, who has the ability, the power to establish you. So if the book of Romans is reflective of God's power, Skip finishes with this. God has the power to save you. God has the power to sanctify you. God has the power to stabilize you. And finally, the power to establish you. That is the message of Romans. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for this great man, Paul. But we thank you for Team Paul that produced this wonderful book, Romans, which is considered by some that diamond that is on the ring of the Bible. I thank you that the powerful message that really comes through today as we can make our decisions on how we treat people, whether it's an issue of food or music or vaccinations, we make our decisions based on our love for other people and not what we consider ourselves, our rights. We thank you that you've chosen to work in teams, in a body, with all the parts working together. Lord, make this team stronger. We are so excited about the next stage of why, where this community, where this team is headed. In Jesus' name. And while our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, I want to go back to that verse as the Queen was put in state. John 14, 6. Jesus saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The last message from our Queen. Jesus is the way. He is the only way to eternal life. If you would like to receive that, it's, it's a regulation, but it's an invitation at the same time. 
if you would like to accept Jesus today for the first time or you would like to recommit to Jesus, would you put your hands in the air? While all, all eyes are closed, put your hand in the air just to show that willingness to connect, to turn from your old life and turn towards Christ. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you came to serve. You came to serve us, to tell us about you. That Jesus came to die on the cross, and even on the cross, he wasn't thinking of himself, of his own rights. He was thinking of others. He was always focused outwards. We thank you that he died for us and rose again to eternal life and we now have forgiveness and the promise of eternity with you and we gratefully receive that in Jesus name Amen Thank you for listening we hope you have enjoyed this message for more information please visit macroylifechurch.com.au